And I really noticed that the more I opened up around my own insecurities, my inner critic, things I was going through, the more it just created this beautiful ripple effect. This is Heart of the Story, and I'm Nadine Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Hi, friends. Well, today we have a really, really special guest who I feel is a kindred spirit. Her name is Shannon Keating, and she has so many wonderful talents. We're going to talk today about a lot of good stuff. We'll talk about accessing your intuition, getting in touch with your heart, a lot of self-love talk. There's so many good nuggets that we're going to cover today. So I think you'll love this conversation. So let me tell you a bit about Shannon. So she's a holistic life coach for women. She's also a nutritional therapy practitioner, a guided meditation instructor, a human design reader. And if that's not enough, she's also the host of the podcast called Unmasked and Open Hearted. So Shannon, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Nadine, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. So I love stories and I'd love to start to just learn a bit more about your sort of soul journey that got you to where you are today. And along the way, if you might tell us even more about yourself that I might not have covered in the intro. Yeah, absolutely. I love stories as well. I feel like they're, they're fun to listen to and see ourselves in them and learn about other people. So Let's see what wants to come through today. I feel like the one thing, and I've been interestingly enough reflecting on this because I'm going to be sharing about my story, uh, struggling through just multiple bouts of depression and just deep, deep lows in my life. And so growing up on the outside, it would have seemed like everything was going beautifully. I was an athlete, friends, a really good student, but then inside I just had a massive inner critic. And I was always feeling like I wasn't good enough compared to other people. And I was really judgmental of my body so much so that I developed an eating disorder in high school. I had suicidal ideations in high school and college. I went through these different bouts of depression, but again, on the outside, nobody knew about this stuff because there was a lot of shame and stigma around what I was going through. And I didn't know how to communicate my emotions or communicate what was going on. So I would see therapists. But then outside of the therapist, I wouldn't talk to my family members about it. I wouldn't talk to my friends about it. And so when college rolled around, I decided to just put everything under a rug and still present as just put together, great student, great friend, all the things, always having a boyfriend. But deep down, I had lots of insecurities and I was still battling when it came to my body and food and again, all these internal insecurities that I just didn't have the tools to work through and I didn't want to work through because I felt ashamed of them. So that kind of fast forwarded to after college and post-college was when I really dove into my emotional and mental healing journey. So in college, I got really enthused with health and wellness. I started to do gut healing protocols. I started to heal. I had an autoimmune condition 
um, psoriasis. I started to heal that holistically. So I just faced some different things. And then I would just face them head on and gather up the tools and gather up the knowledge and, and heal through it. But post-college was when I remember I got a boyfriend for this first time or not the first time, but a boyfriend who was a really healthy boyfriend for mm-hmm. the first time, mm-hmm. you know, and I was able to start to open up and he was this really safe space for me to share about all of these things that I've been suppressing, all my insecurities, my jealousy patterns, my body image challenges, that my relationship with food still wasn't great, that I had a, a lot of control things I was navigating. So I had this safe space to open up and he started to encourage me to be vulnerable and open up. I was leading women's circles at the time, a book club group at the time. And he started to encourage me to open up to other women. And I really noticed that the more I opened up around my own insecurities, my inner critic, things I was going through, the more it just created this beautiful ripple effect around like in the women around me where they were like, oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah, I'm going through that. Oh, I'm so glad you share this. Now I feel safe to share about my relationship with food or how I feel about my body or the fact that I've struggled with depression or I have social anxiety or whatever it happened to be. I just really create this beautiful ripple effect and this genuine connection between women. So I noticed that. And then essentially I saw the way that this guy looked at me and how much he loved me and how much space he held for me that I wanted to look at myself that way. Mm -hmm. So I decided to learn how to love myself. And that was five years ago when I I did not know where that was going to lead me. It eventually led me to ending that relationship because I needed to be on my own and really learn how to love myself as a single woman versus Shannon in a relationship and just love myself and and feel whole in who I am without having to have a relationship by my side. So it did require me to end that relationship and dive deeper into spirituality and friendships and human design and all sorts of other areas. But I can say now, which is just such a beautiful gift for myself and my soul that I really, really do genuinely love myself. Does that mean every single day is rainbows and butterflies and perfection? Absolutely not. But I'm really here. My podcast, which you'll be on is unmasked and open-hearted. And something that I'm really passionate about is being unmasked and being real and being truthful and then opening up our hearts to ourselves and life and realizing that we're on these lifelong journeys when it comes to our relationship with food, body, ourselves, but to get to this place where it feels like truth for me to say that I love myself is, it's just such a beautiful gift. So that's where I'm at right now. Hmm. I love it. And when you talk about self-love, I think that so many women listening, they identify with that internal struggle, the inner critic, the never good enough. Mm -hmm. And so when they think of self-love, it might feel really abstract. Are there any sort of tangible things that you can say, this is part of self-love? Yeah, absolutely. It is so abstract. I appreciate you saying that. And that was something where when I set the intention to learn how to love myself, I had no clue how, right? I had no clue what that was going to look like. I just had had enough of my inner critic and enough of feeling insecure in a bathing suit and always worrying about what other people think of me. And just I had enough of like the pain of your inner critic, right? And believing your inner critic that I wanted something different. And so I do totally agree that self-love is very abstract. And so to help kind of 
boil it down and, and make it more tangible and concrete, I feel like when it comes to knowing whether or not we're loving ourselves, it's really rooted in forming an awareness and a connection with ourselves, and learning how to be more compassionate and more kind and more gentle. So I think of self-love more as we are in a relationship with ourselves. And if we can think about, okay, I'm in a relationship with my partner, or I'm in a relationship with my child or my best friend, or I'm in a relationship with my home space, we can tangibly look at, okay, what creates a beautiful, loving relationship in those areas? Okay, well, there's presence and there's compassion and there's quality time spent and you're listening and you're hearing and you're just holding that loving space. You're appreciating all of these different aspects of that person or the space. You're making sure whether maybe it's your home space that it's clean and it's organized and you have plants and flowers and whatever it happens to be to make it feel good. So then we can start to apply that to ourselves. So then it's like, okay, am I being more patient with myself? Am I being more present with myself? Am I listening to myself? When an emotion comes up, am I able to just be there and love myself through it and be a little bit kinder with myself? Or when I'm feeling insecure with my body, can I imagine as though the younger version of me or maybe a child in front of me is feeling insecure in her body? And can I start to treat myself that way? So I think just kind of knowing innately, it's easy for us to be in a relationship with other people's because it's something outside of us. But when we can kind of bring that into our relationship with ourselves, and then just do a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better and realize that it's not something that's going to happen overnight. I mean, it took me probably a solid three years after deciding to learn how to love myself that I tangibly felt like I was loving myself. So it takes time. It could be a year. It could be three years. It could be 10 years for you to tangibly feel that. But I think you feel that because you feel oh, I am being gentle with myself and I am appreciating these aspects of myself and I am seeing myself more. And even though the inner critic is still there, there's also a voice of love that feels more encouraging and more compassionate. So I think it's more strengthening those elements the same way you would water or strengthen another relationship. Yeah, I completely appreciate that. A lot of what I talk about in journaling is writing letters to ourselves Mm -hmm. from a loving part, from a compassionate part, from a wise part, um, and treating ourselves as beloved. So while it may feel abstract, the more that we write those words or say those words to ourselves, I do feel after a while it sinks in and, and we start to believe it over time. Right. Yes. Um, you talk a lot too about the body and, On this podcast, actually, we've talked a ton about the heart. We've talked a ton about emotions and and spirituality. And a lot of the women who listen are writers and creatives. But one of the key areas that we haven't done a lot of work on yet in this podcast, which is why I'm so happy you're here, is talking about the body itself. And so I wonder if you can walk us through, especially if you, as a coach, you have a client who comes to you and is having really just a hard time with their body image. What are some of the things that can help that person? 
So the first thing is just having a little bit more gentleness towards the situation, because as women, we collectively were not taught how to appreciate and love our bodies. So if we can just more objectively look at it and understand, okay, of course you're struggling with your body image. I mean, look at the magazines and the movies and the TV shows and look at how generationally women have treated their bodies. There's been such a big dieting culture and just a movement around what we saw growing up. At least the majority of us were really thin, polished, photoshopped white women. And that's just what we experienced. And so we soaked it up and then we started to compare ourselves against it. So the first thing is just objectively looking at, well, it doesn't surprise me at all. The fact that you're judging your body and not to belittle it at all, but of course you're going to experience that. So let's not beat yourself up around being in the situation in the first place. Let's look at, of course, how would you not be judging your body or be feeling uncomfortable in your body? I mean, I know for me personally, I soaked it up from my mom who soaked it up from her mom who soaked it up from her mom. I was really obsessed with like beautiful women and magazines and always feeling like they were so cool and just putting them on pedestals. And so we all soaked it up in different ways. So I think that's the first thing is just that forgiveness for getting in the situation in the first place or, or struggling with body image. Cause I think for me for so long, I was just so frustrated that I had to deal with this insecurity and I would compare myself to other women who I felt as though didn't struggle, which by the way, I feel like that's very, very rare that any woman doesn't struggle, mm-hmm. but I would make up these stories in my mind. Oh, she has this beautiful thin body. She's not struggling. She's so free in her skin. Why can't I just have that? Why do I have to feel insecure? Why am I nervous every time I'm putting on a bathing suit? Why am I worried about what other people thinking of me? Why do I judge myself when I see photos of myself, right? I got myself caught in those patterns of like, why, 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 why versus that forgiveness and that compassion around, of of course, it would be really difficult for you to not have this body image challenge. I think that's the first step of just that forgiveness and that objective lens. And then there's a couple other tangible things we can start to do. One that you may have heard before that I feel is super important is starting with what are you wearing? Do you feel good in your clothes? Are you holding on to clothes that are small and you're hoping that one day you're going to lose the weight and fit into them again? Are you putting on clothes that are more baggy and that are just hiding your body? Do you feel good about the clothes that you're wearing? And do you feel good in the clothes that you're wearing? Because no matter what size, shape, weight, figure you have, there are clothes out there that you will feel good in. They exist, but have you brought them into your space? That would be my first look. And so I love doing like kind of like the closet makeover, doing it from a place of love of anything that, I mean, you could do like, what is the Marie Kondo thing? Like that doesn't spark joy or anything, (laughs) right? That like you don't love, right? Or you could not wear in the next month and feel good about yourself in, we're getting rid of it. No, we're not folding it up and putting it in a box and hoping that you lose 10 pounds and fit into it in six months because we're not even like feeding that loop anymore. We're donating it, we're releasing it, we're clearing it from your space so that everything in your closet you could put on sometime that month and feel good in. 
And then if we can, we'll go out and buy you a few more pieces that you do feel good in. Maybe the colors make you feel more beautiful, or maybe it's a a dress that you feel really feminine in or whatever it is, but that alone is a really, really beautiful self-honoring step. So that's a beautiful place to start. And then another, I'll give like a couple more things, but similar to what you do with the letters, I love to have women write a letter to their body Mm -hmm. and just dear body and just allow that stream of consciousness flow to come out around. Maybe there's some frustration there. Maybe there's some sadness, judgment, shame. Maybe there's some, you know, you're, you've realized that you've just been really beating your body up and you're tired, whatever it is, but a dear body letter can be very therapeutic and very clarifying. So writing something like that. And then the other thing that I would do And this is something that some women very much resist, but I do find that once they do it at least once or twice, they get a lot of freedom from it is I call it like a, um, like a body love massage. Mm. So you just get in a kind of an intimate space with yourself, light a candle, dim lighting. And I like to use like a, um, jojoba oil or coconut oil, put some essential oils in there. It could be like a rose essential oil or a lavender, something really gentle and loving. And then just from head to toe, just massaging your body with oil and just having a conversation with the different aspects of your body. So it could be, maybe you have cellulite on your thighs that you've been judging since you were 12 years old. So it's actually touching that cellulite and saying just an honest conversation of like, I really don't like you but I'm here for you and I'm connecting with you and I'm sorry for judging you so much. So I don't feel that women have to automatically be like, I love you legs. I love you thighs. Like if you don't love your legs and your thighs, your legs and your thighs are not going to believe you when you say, (laughs) I love you when you've been judging them for years and years and years. So just starting where you're at. Right. And then just working your way throughout your body. And maybe there's some aspects like maybe you love your hands. Great. Focus on like how much you love your hands and appreciate that part. Maybe you are insecure about your arms. That's okay too. But it's more of the time spent with yourself, just rubbing that oil in, being with yourself. Maybe emotions come up. Maybe you cry. Maybe you feel uncomfortable. But I found that women, after they do this once or twice, it's like a weight has been released because they're actually giving their body that presence and that attention the same way we want that presence and that attention from someone we love, like a partner or a friend, now you're giving it to your body. So I love that. And the final thing I'll share, because there's so much is open up to other women about your struggles with your body, because for so long, I felt like I had to hold it all in. I had friends of mine who were thinner than me. And I was like, well, they don't, you know, struggle with this. It's just me. And I don't want to tell them that I'm feeling insecure when we're all about to go out together But actually just telling them, Hey, I'm having a bad body image day and I don't feel great in my body right now, or opening up to other women or friends or sisters or your mom or whoever it is, that's a safe space. You'll recognize that they also are going through it. And they also want to support you where you're at and actually loving your body. I really do feel like so many women are wanting to support each other in these areas, but oftentimes it's like that open-hearted vulnerableness where You've got to open up first and share first, and then you will receive that, that friendship, that sisterhood, that support, and realize that 
you're not alone. Just share though, just let people know so that they can support you. And so that you don't feel like you're just carrying all this judgment or this stress or these insecurities. That would be the last piece of advice I would have right away. (laughs) There was so much goodness in that. So much goodness. I feel like you gave people four different tangible things that they can actually do today. And they all come from a place of love. I loved first, as you were talking about the clothing, thinking about the things that do light us up, that make us feel whatever way we want to feel, strong, feminine, whatever it may be. Um, A couple of years ago, I remember one time I, I put on a sports bra to go work out and it was so tight around my rib cage that I realized I was not getting a full breath. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking I'm about to go for a jog and I cannot even fully expand my lungs. And it wasn't purposeful. Like I was buying small sports bras on purpose. It was just the realization of like, why do I continue to wear this thing? I cannot even fully expand my lungs. (laughs) And I went back to my closet that day and I was like, anything that feels like it does not allow me a full breath is out. My body is made to breathe. It is the thing keeping me alive. (laughs) So, um, so the clothing thing, yes, the letter to the body, and there's a woman that I was a writing coach for, Betsy Armstrong, if you're listening. She does beautiful intuitive eating workshops. And she wrote a letter to her body that just made everyone weep. And it is so powerful. And I'm so glad that you brought it up because it does do so much healing work. And that the body massage as well, spending time with our bodies. Uh, There's even like a a miniature version of that, that we can do like at night when I lie in bed and I put lotion on my hands, I started a ritual where with each finger, I just, as I massage the, the lotion in, I just say one thing I'm proud or grateful of about myself. And it's just like a two minute thing that if it's like, okay, if we don't have time for the full body thing, which I hope we make time for even that putting the pride and gratefulness towards ourselves and our body can be so good. So thank you. Thank you. Those are excellent tips and tools. So it leads me to more questions, which is on a daily basis, who are the women that come to you and what are the sorts of things that you love offering to women? Oh, I love that question. I also love that, that hand practice. That's really beautiful and creative. I really like that. I love something like tangible like that, that you can just easily remember. Yeah. So thanks for that one. There's, there's all kinds of women. As you know, I do mentor teen girls in high school, middle school, high school, and college. And then when it comes to adult women, typically they're coming to me for working through imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. working through their inner critic, working through just comparing themselves to other women definitely feeling as though they want to either start a business or they have started a passion project or a passion business of some sort, but they're wanting to go more full time in it, but they're really scared of being seen or people judging them, or they're just having so much resistance to doing that. 
or they have a job that they're just not super enthused by anymore. And they want to either get a new job or again, start their own thing of some sort, or they also are very much wanting to do some type of like creative hobby or passion project. I have one woman and she's like wanting to do more of these like full moon circles with women every single month. Another woman who wants to do sound healing. So they're like wanting to weave in some type of entrepreneurial passion in their lives, whether it's full-time, part-time, whatever it is, they have this like beautiful heart and creativity about them. And then it comes in, they want to heal from the past. So they want to do the inner child healing. They want to move through the limiting beliefs and insecurities as to why these things are holding them back in their passions. And then I do have a lot of women who come to me wanting a deeper relationship with themselves and then deeper relationships with other people in their life. So they want to cultivate sisterhood, deep friendships. They want a really beautiful relationship with their partner. A lot of moms with young kids who really want to understand their kids as far as like human design goes. So it's hard to like pinpoint one thing, but it's very multifaceted. And we end up looking at, okay, what are these dreams that have been lingering for a while? And what are the insecurities that come up? And then we'll kind of dance through these different areas of their life in order to help make those dreams happen and help them to move through the obstacles. But again, a lot of the obstacles are inner critic, imposter syndrome, not feeling like they're good enough. And then feeling as though they're just still kind of held back by situations that happened in their past, whether it's the relationship with their mom or, you know, they were insecure about their body growing up and it's still lingering to today or low self-esteem or confidence levels or whatever it is, they just feel like these like things of the past or traumatic experiences are still affecting their day to day and they want to heal and move through those. And that's where a lot of the inner child healing and emotional healing practices come in. Mm. And you mentioned the human design part of it, which a lot of people might not know anything about. So can you talk more about that? Yeah, I know human design. So human design came into my life about a year and a half to two years ago. And quite simply, it's a multifaceted system that shows us our quote unquote energetic DNA. So it's essentially a roadmap to being your authentic self. It combines astrology, the chakra system, the, the Kabbalah, the I Ching. And then there's also some quantum physics and different biochemistry and sciences involved as well. But I think we all hear about like the Enneagram and I think it's Myers-Briggs and these different personality profiling tests. Human design, I feel is like so next level. It takes into consideration your birth time, location, date, and then it essentially shows us this roadmap that's been with you your whole life and just so much information about you. And I have not met one person. I've done a hundred readings at this point. And then of course I incorporate into all of my coaching. I've not met one individual who doesn't feel like seen and validated and so excited by the system. So that's been really cool. And just, it feels like a gift to be able to share it with people. And then I love it because it shows people some of their strongest gifts. It shows them like their energetics and how they're meant to work with the environment, with other people. And then it also shows them how to make decisions. It shows them how their intuition operates and their emotional landscape. So the different emotions and different ways that they work through some of their emotional gifts, some of the the low frequency emotions that they'll experience, how to support themselves in that. And it just like is such an empowering system. So now I do still offer readings, but then I also just weave it into like all of my programs and coaching as well. So I always pull people's charts. And so I'll study my client's chart and really know what's going on. And then I'll 
pass along information and do readings and whatnot to just help empower them in a more unique way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I used to think about astrology and just know, okay, I'm a Virgo and, and that's that. Mm. But about two months ago, I took a workshop studying the natal chart and I was so blown away. I was like, who is telling this system about me? Because it is so spot on. It was incredible. So I'm jazzed to learn more about the human design stuff. It seems awesome. Oh yeah. Do you know, so you're a Virgo and do you know what your moon arising is? Yeah. So rising is Virgo as well. Oh, and then I okay. have to do- yeah. I have to double check my third, the, the moon it was like Virgo, Virgo, and then something else. And then I got to map out like what's in the 10th house, what's in the Uh, second, house, all of this stuff. And I was, it was like learning a whole new language first of all. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I know. I love it so much. And human design like weaves in some astrology as well, but that's how I feel with these systems. Like you grow up and you're like, Oh, cause I'm a Pisces. And it's so cool. Cause Pisces and Virgo are like opposites on the wheel, but I'm like, Oh, I'm a Pisces. I'm a Pisces. And those are like a Pisces. But then you start to like learn more and you're like, Oh, I'm not just like a Zodiac Pisces. There's a lot more to this. And then, like you said, like what house you're in. And once you start to understand and you have someone who can really explain it to you, yeah, it's a really great way and a, a great tool for coming home to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the woman that I studied under Heidi Rose Robbins, she's going to be on this show as well. Um, one of the taglines she said actually came from her father who is an astrologer. And it was, it was just basically like the more, you know, about this yourself, the more, you know, about yourself, the more you'll know what to do. Meaning like that core knowledge allows you to have more clarity about next steps. And I fully agreed. And it was so funny because when I did mine, it was like, you love teaching, you love learning, you love everything to do with spirituality and wellness and blah, blah. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. yes." (laughs) So this sounds human design sounds next level. I definitely want to check it out before we go. I want to ask one last question, which is that one of the things you love doing is helping people understand how to tap into their hearts in order to access their intuition and their truth. Tell us a little bit more about how to even do that. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm glad you did ask this question because this is something I literally love, 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 love guiding women through because similar to, you know, what I shared about growing up, we're just not taught healthy body image. We're also not taught how to trust our intuitions. We're not even taught that we have an intuition. I mean, the majority of us, at least mm-hmm. some of us, you know, may have been, but I definitely wasn't. And yeah. of course, you know, growing up, there's that element of like your parents are your authority figure and your teachers are your authority figures. And so a lot of people disconnect from their inner knowings or what feels right to them or what feels off to them. But we've all experienced this tangible feeling of, that felt really correct for me, or this feels right to me, or I knew I was going to be unsafe in that situation. I didn't listen and look at what happened. And this is not to beat ourselves up, but it's to really gain that evidence of, oh my goodness, I do have this feeling sensation in my body. That's guiding me on my journey and showing me what feels not correct or safe or healthy versus what is correct, what is safe, what is healthy, what is going to ultimately fulfill me. 
So the other thing, the other layer to this is a lot of times, especially as women, we're in our heads a lot, like think, 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 overthink, 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 overthink. And sometimes I'm like, is overthinking even a thing? Or is this just like what I do? I'm like, is it thinking or is it overthinking at this point? Like I don't really know the difference, Yeah, (laughs) but we tend to be in our heads a lot. And then we've got social media and we've got seeing what everybody else is doing to also just like disconnect us from ourselves. We're like, oh, she's doing this. Should I do that? Oh, she said this. Should I believe that? Oh, well, this happened to her. So like, is that how it's going to happen to me? And we're constantly doing this to ourselves. And I, I mean, I experience it all the time. So a practice that I love, and that's very, very simple. And that I, I teach my clients via like a meditation that I've created, but you can also do it on your own is starting to come into your body and get a clear feeling of what does a yes feel like in my body? What does it feel like when something is healthy for me and my soul versus what does a no feel like in my body? And what does it feel like when something is not aligned for me and my soul? So how you would do this is you would essentially get yourself into a space. And I like to just somewhere you feel really safe in your home. I mean, bedroom, couch, living room area. If you can like cleanse and clear the space, cleanse and clear energy, do some deep breaths and ground. And then you'll just go into your body and maybe do like a little bit of a kind of like, you know, your chakras, like kind of visualizing each one or just kind of bringing your energy in a little body scan just to get connected to your body and your nervous system. And you'll ask, okay, body, show me what does a no feel like? Mm -hmm. And your body is going to show you what a no feels like. And then I want you to scan. Okay. What does it feel like in my face? What does it feel like in my throat, in my heart, in my gut, like in my sacral area? And most likely you're going to feel like a sinking, a heaviness, a tiredness, or like a contraction. Like you will feel a distinct no. And then, okay, thank you so much. And what I like to have women do is like journal it out. So they know exactly what a no feels like. And you might have to do this a couple different times. So just be patient with yourself too. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip, you want to ask, okay, body, what does a yes feel like? And then you'll most likely feel a completely different feeling. So probably expansiveness in your sacral openness in your heart, relaxation, peace, whatever it happens to be. But again, scan through your body and really tap in. Okay. This is how my heart feels. This is how my throat feels. This is what I feel in my face. Sometimes people feel it like tingling down into their hands. You can feel it anywhere. There's no right or wrong, good or bad. When it comes to this, I've had women feel like a beautiful heart feeling. Some women feel it more in their like sacrals. And then again, some women feel it like in their face or their hands or their feet. So you'll feel it wherever you're meant to feel it. And you might feel it in a couple different areas, but that'll give you a clear yes versus no. And then you can ask, okay, what does it feel like when something is like healthy, aligned, correct for me? And again, see what your body communicates to you, write it down. And then what you're meant to do moving forwards is when you're making decisions, especially bigger life decisions, like when it happens to um, where you're going to move, whether or not you're going to say yes or no to a job opportunity, a relationship that you're in. Maybe I know you do a lot of book writing. So maybe for someone who's like questioning if they're supposed to be an author, okay, get out of your mind, sit with yourself. What does it feel like in your body? 
to be writing your book or to know that you're a published author, because if it feels like a yes, it is meant for you. Hmm. And that is like your soul and your body telling you this is your path. And now what's going to happen in the journey is there's going to be insecurities and your mind's going to get in the way and there's going to be fear. But when you can go back into that safe, settled space and come back to, okay, is it aligned for me to write a book? Feel how your body feels, feel how your body responds to that. And then you can go into, okay, is this year, the year that my soul wants me to write this book? You'll feel that answer. And so this is where we can really empower ourselves to tap into our bodies and allow our bodies to give us the answers. Cause I feel like our souls communicate via our bodies that yes versus no. And then if something feels unclear, just pause, take a step back. You don't have to make a decision right away, but if you do get a solid yes or no, then you have your answer. And I really, really like to have women utilize their body and their hearts and their sacrals to make decisions versus like their minds. Cause that can be, oh, I feel like I should do something, or it could be, I'm not doing something because I'm scared, right? It could go either way. Mm-hmm. That is such a good question that I would say probably 90% of women have not asked themselves, like, what does a yes feel like in my body? They, they might be able to articulate mentally, but like the physical sensations of a yes they would have to do that exercise in order to even know. And what does a no feel like? Again, they would, they might at first say like contraction, sure, but where do you feel it? I think that's such a powerful exercise. Like I'm jazzed to do this later today because we don't, we don't tap into that nearly enough. It's like, we're, we're doing a lot of our decision-making from the chin up. (laughs) We're just like doing the pro and con list, as you said, overthinking it to death. And I think it is one of the biggest components of our being in touch and in tune with ourselves and our integrity is paying attention to our bodies. Martha Beck has a wonderful quote in her book about integrity. And she asked the question, what feels like lightness? What feels warm? What feels like a sense of freedom? And it's like, oh, well, there are physical sensations associated with that. I feel like everyone who listens, Shannon is going to do that today. (laughs) So thank you for that. So let's talk about where people can find you. Yeah, absolutely. I, so the best place, less two places would be website and Instagram. And it's very easy to find me. It's my name, Shannon Keating. So shannonkeating.com, Shannon Keating on Instagram, and then emails, hello at shannonkeating.com. And you can reach out. I mean, just connect, reach out, let me know if something landed for you. And then it's the one-to-one coaching, human design readings, and then my own podcast, Unmasked and Open-Hearted. So Shannon, thank you. This has been so like spot on, tactile, tangible. I feel like people can come away from this episode with just a ton of things that they can do today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. Wasn't that conversation so interesting? I feel like I came away with so many tangible things that I and we can do as women to love ourselves, to feel into what does a yes or no feel like in our bodies. 
this is good medicine right here. When we think about healing, I think a lot of the things that were covered today are tactile, tangible steps that we can take. So I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely check out Shannon Keating at shannonkeating.com and on Instagram at Shannon Keating. If you like this conversation, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, tag both of us, and just let us know what stood out to you. It means the world to us when you share the episode with your community or a friend who you think might benefit from this. Another woman in the world who deserves to be seen and to love themselves and love their body. So if you think somebody else can benefit, please share. As always, thank you, Michelle Rado, my incredible producer and podcast host of Daring to Tell for producing, editing this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, everyone, remember that every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week.